Well-known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trainer, Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Wow. Uh, what a week. What a week, everybody. Uh, I think I probably averaged maybe four, four and a half hours sleep a day over the course of this week with so many things going on. Election, inflation report, major ripoffs and scams, um, trying to help people out that have lost a ton uh, of money. And we, we, we're going to go over it all today. There's a lot of, lot of see, I told you so moments today on the program without a doubt um yes we're going to break down the election we're going to talk about inflation we're going to talk about the recession monster i'm getting lots of emails people concerned about recession in search of recession and we'll get into that but i'll start off today we'll talk about the uh, cpi report that came in um a little bit weaker than expected and, and, and quite frankly this number is still lagging. Uh, once we start really factoring in uh, the price of housing, which has come down, um, it, it's going to continue to drop. There's no doubt about that at all. That that's it's it's going to happen. I, I'm taking a look right now. I make phone calls, and not not just my area, places all over the country. And this is how you do your own homework. Talk to car dealerships see what's going on there. You know, the, the cars are coming back in. Uh, repos are starting to happen. People bought cars that they couldn't afford. Um, this is going to all filter its its way in slowly but surely, and, and it's going to bring certain aspects in regards to inflation down. Now, if the economy continues to slow, then you might say, hey, that might start affecting energy prices and that'll come down and that will translate down to, to food um that's 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 going to take a while for that to happen and the reality is the bare necessities are still very very expensive and americans are feeling it again it's another part of the uh, show we're going to talk about today and we touched upon it last week uh, as well uh, what retirees are doing and how they're hit by this and this inflation and, and their their costs going through the roof. But let's 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 talk a little bit about recession. I I get a kick out of this. Uh, it's great. It's like a monster, if you you know you know how you, when you were a natural disaster. You know when when there's a hurricane coming they love sending the reporters down and putting them on the beach in a t-shirt to look cool because we what with the wind blowing in the background and i'm like what are you doing you know first and foremost you're outside in a hurricane and the wind's whipping 
you're in a dangerous spot because, you know, in Florida, you could pick up a coconut and throw it at you to kill you. I mean, that's, you know, the projectiles flying around. Not, not the safest thing to do in the entire world. But anyway, anyway, the, the media loves recessions. They love talking about them. Um, and, and again, tons of emails coming in. People worried. Worried. Are we going to hit a recession? What does that mean? What does that mean? You know, what do I do? What do I do if I, I, there's a recession coming? Well, I guess it depends. It, it, it depends upon where you are. It, it depends upon your risk tolerance. Yeah, I, I still, to this day, to this day. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to need my money back next year. There's a recession coming. Should I take my money out of the market? You shouldn't be in the market if you need that cash next year. It makes no sense. Anyway, I, I told this story years ago. I'm telling you, this is going back to when we were in 2008, 2009. When we were a kid, again, I, there's myself and my, my three brothers. My mother uh, used a, what was it called, a make-believe monster as leverage to kind of scare us uh, unruly Markowski kids into submission. And the, she called it. She made up a word for it. It was called the Muchker. Yes, that's what it was called. We were kids. We we had beware of the Muchker if we misbehaved. That's recession. Recession is the Muchker for the media. And what is a recession? You can define it via textbook: two quarters of negative economic growth. But the reality is. There's a recession monster, uh, you want to call it judge, out there, the National Bureau of Economic Research. It's a uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. You've got all of these Ph.D. economists out there that declare and decree whether or not we are we hit a recession. And, and I mentioned this before. They didn't even call the 2008-2009 recession. They didn't call it for a year. A year. I mean, you, you think watching the instant replay in the NFL games on Sunday are slow. Deal with the NBER. And I, <laughs> column I wrote back then, um, back in the, the 1970s, there was a television show that I loved. Uh, it was called In Search Of. And Leonard Nimoy there, and he'd have this creepy music at the beginning, and it was always in search of some sort of paranormal thing. It was ghosts and Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, UFOs. Well, anyway, that's the media. We're constantly in search of a recession. We're looking for that monster that's out there. Now, one of the things, one of the things, again, the media fails to tell you this. We do. Um, conventional wisdom, which we tell you is poison. Uh, conventional wisdom when it comes to recessions is, my God, the market's going to crash. It's going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. um, equities, along with the economy, will head south during recession. How many times have you heard that? Reality? Reality is, is that stocks usually drop before a recession. Something that, well, we've seen that happen over the course of this year. However, once uh, once you're in one, once, a, once that recession monster has been de 
declared, well, guess what? The markets do well. Yeah. Stocks have produced an average return of 12% in post-World War II recessions. 12%. Are we in a recession right now? Are we heading into recession right now? I don't know, and I don't care. It's not changing the way that we do things. It should not change your philosophy. What What in the world? What's the point in getting bent out of, a, out of shape over, over this mutsker, this recession monster that you're only going to see from time to time? You know, it's great. It's great for business and the business networks and all that. But the reality is, the reality is, people, you have to own quality. You have to own quality. When I mean quality, I said companies that are able to deal with slowdowns. Companies that are smart, that have smart, smart management that says, oh, geez, okay, you know what? We're going to fix things here in our company we're going to make it better you know i i've talked about recessions in terms of the lymphatic system of the human body we're seeing right now you're getting the stories out there from companies uh across the board we'll get into greater depth later on in the program a lot of tech companies big story twitter laying off half its workers uh meta announcing thousands and thousands of layoffs Across the board. And then it's not just tech. Not just tech. I Citigroup laying off investment bankers. Cutting the fat. Cutting the fat and saying, okay, okay, we're, it's going to be slower right now. Where can we be more efficient? Where can we do a better job? And why I call that the lymphatic system. It's human body. When, you know, you get sick, your, your, your natural resistance will, will find out where the, where the sickness is and it'll get rid of it. And then what happens is you come out on the other side stronger, better. I, I talked about this last week on the program. When, when markets go down, when you, when you enter bear markets, we come out. That's the best time. We come out on the other side. Our portfolios are better. This is, these are things that you need to incorporate. You gotta, you gotta tune out a lot of the noise that's out there. You have, I talked about patience and courage last week on the program. Taking a step back and saying to yourself, okay, you know, do I own quality? Are these companies paying me to own them? Where do I feel that they're gonna be three, five, 10, 20, 30 years down the road? You know, what we try to do, we try to do, you know, we like to, you know, double everybody's money every five, six years. Does it happen all the time? No. No, but that's what we're trying to do. But when, when you have, when you have uh, chaotic situations, if you will, and I talked about this in my, my crystal ball, all sorts of outside things happening, war in Ukraine, inflation. It's a lot of stuff out there that, that's taken place. A lot of chaos right now, a lot of uncertainty. A lot of uncertainty in the markets leads to volatility, and we most certainly have had a hell of a lot of that. 
I look for companies that are able to handle that type of adversity, thrive. Can use the Nicholas Taleb phrase, being anti-fragile. What's anti-fragile mean? Well, fragile, we all know what fragile means. You get external shocks you can break. Anti-fragile is when you get external shocks, you come out stronger on the other side. This is what we do. This is what we do here at the Watchdog on Wall Street Radio Show, Markowski Investments, our personal CFO program. The ability to navigate all of these storms, all of this stuff that's going on, and come out better on the other side. This is what you need to do. And what I recommend, again, a lot of lot of telephone calls, a lot of people screaming about what's going on in their portfolios, a lot of people taking massive losses in crypto and these other things. Um, we've got a lot for you at our website, our account repair kit, our personal CFO program. You can take a look at the type of performance we have and what we do in our portfolios. There's a lot of a lot of stuff there that we provide for you, and it's free. Take advantage. Take advantage of what we have done for decades, okay? Decades. This is the longest-running financial program in the country. Obviously, my firm's been around longer than that. And guess what? We help everybody. We have no velvet rope here, no velvet rope. We're saying, ah, yeah, nope, sorry, can't work. can't work with our certified financial planners. You don't have $5 million. No, that's not who we are. Get to our website, watchdogonwallstreet.com. That's watchdogonwallstreet.com. All sorts of great stuff there. Please take advantage. Podcast as well. We're doing uh, Monday through Friday. Take advantage. Watchdogonwallstreet.com, our 24-hour day help hotline, 800-471-5984. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. As my my longtime listeners know, um, we're constantly cleaning up messes. Constantly cleaning up messes. And the, the, the fact is, is that's how we got started. That's how we got started with Markowski Investments. My brothers and I, we left... Uh, Wall Street, and we say, you know what? We're, we're going to help people, help people out that are getting ripped off by again. I'm dating myself now. Boiler room operators, you name it. Then it moved on to all of the dot com scams, and we had our account repair kit where we helped people build back their losses and showed them how they could do it over time, not overnight, but over time. Why? Well, what do we say? What do we say every single week here on the program, long-time listeners? Everything in life that has meaning, value, and worth involves work, time, and effort. All right. Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> wading through the muck, the mire right now, uh, the fallout of all of these people that have lost, um, lost a, a lot of money. And some of them, they've lost everything that they've put away. 
in um, some of these crypto blowups that we've seen over the course of the week. Get into that in a second. But again, I, I just want to show you just how bad it is. I, I saw this story and I was like, what the hell are they thinking? 401k plans now let workers put retirement money into cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah, that's that's a wonderful, wonderful idea. And it was a story talking about how um, a crypto scam launches every four minutes. Uh, how do you allow? I mean, why would you allow something like this, this dangerous, this poisonous to find its way into 401k plans? And granted, OK, I- I'm a libertarian guy. I am. I don't I'm not a fan of ridiculous rules and regulations. And, and there at some point in time there has to be buyer beware but come on this is not going to end well so we got this uh got this fella here this fella here that uh, again um uh, i'll get into what should be done with people like him this sam bankman freed if you listen to some of the statements that this guy has made and in fact what the, the crypto world the crypto world has uh, has was calling him just a few months ago. Was calling him the J.P. Morgan of crypto because he stepped in. I think it was with Celsius. Some of these things bailing this stuff out. This this is the guy that uh, said he was going to contribute a billion dollars to the DNC and the uh, 2024 presidential race. This is the guy that said he's going to buy Goldman Sachs. This is the guy that this past week put out a tweet. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I I I thought about that, and I thought about the scene in Better Off Dead from the 1980s. Gee, Richie, sure I'm sorry your mom blew up. You just lost billions of dollars, but you didn't really lose billions of dollars because it was never really there. It was never there. It's air. It's air. And people, I've been telling you about this for the longest time. And you know, it, it, one scam after another, after another, people coming and asking for my help. I, I, can't, I can't make your money come back. It was never there in the first place. Do you understand? It was never there. It, it was it was a mirage. It's not real. At any point in time, support could disappear for these things. You you got this company that this Bankman Freed guy, this FTX, I think it's based out of the Bahamas. And they have a sister company that was called Alameda. And it was making loans against billions in some FTX, like a token. When I think of the word token, what do you think about? You think about those things that they give you at the fair, for crying out loud, to play in an arcade or a subway token that used to get me a ride. They were worth more than this junk. At least I could get a ride on a subway. This uh, FTT that was at 80 Valued at $9.5 billion. Went down to 22 this past Monday, and I don't even know where it is right now. 
one, two, three, does it matter? Does it matter? Of course, you're going to end up with all sorts of liquidity problems. And Andy Kessler had a great piece in it in the Wall Street Journal this past week. The fall happens fast. FTX agreed to be acquired by a rival exchange, Binance. I know this is confusing for me to explain it on air. But uh, Binance, <laughs> I'm buying you. A- a- anyway, we'll, we'll delve further into this when we get back. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll do everything we can to help you with this, but we cannot make your money reappear. We can build up your portfolio and your finances. Gee, the old-fashioned way. Work, time, and effort. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. Chris Markowski is the Watchdog on Wall Street. The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Watchdog on Wall Street show. Again, watchdogonwallstreet.com, our website. We're here to help. We're here to help. But, but again, I, I, have, I have to reiterate. I have to reiterate, people. I, I'm not a magician. Okay? I'm not. I'm not a magician. Um, you lose money in these scams. You're not getting it back. And you have to come to grips with that again back when we first started our account repair kit we had people that were ripped off by jordan belfort and stratton oakmont and all these ponzi scheme firms boiler room operators that were out there and they'd have their portfolios that were down 70 80 percent and i explained to them that these companies that they owned weren't coming back because they weren't companies at all and many of them they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear it. And I explained to them, okay, this is what you have to do to get whole. This is what you have to do to get hold. It's, it's going to take work, time, and effort. We've got to build this back up over time. They just wanted their money back. And I'm just like, it's not there. It's gone. It's gone. It's been transferred. You're not getting it back. Anyway, um, let's go to uh, Andy Kessler's piece today um four months ago this bankman freed jerk said the worst part of the crypto crisis was over and fdx's company had billions of dollars to bail out failed crypto companies i guess not i guess not and you go into the minutiae here, and this one's buying this one, and this one's backed by this one. It's, you know, it's the, like a, one of those shell games for crying out loud. Let me explain to you something, people. Bubbles, Ponzi's, they blow up. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they blow up when nobody else buys in. I, I bring up Madoff. Madoff was was going down, it was going down. It was during you know the, the, the financial crisis, and he decided to come up with another Ponzi scheme, a new fund with new proprietary trading that it was going to show a higher level return than he was showing before. 
And he goes to Ken Langone. Ken Langone, yes, from, from Home Depot and great philanthropist. Say, hey, listen, we're going to get you in this. And Ken Langone spots it. He says, wait a second. Something's not right here. You're not going to give this type of return to your long-term clients and you're going to give it to me? How is that right? How is that fair? There's a guy that has obviously some honor. Guess what? The thing collapsed. So um, what, what backs this stuff? Nothing. Nothing. Look what we've looked at, people. Over the past six months, we had a stable coin, an algorithmic stable coin, Terra tied to the Luna coin. It was all hype. You get that? And they still allow that jerk, that Novogratz guy on CNBC. He had the big tattoo on his arm of Luna. How do you allow these people to come on? You know, the irony of the entire thing is, is that Kim Kardashian Kim Kardashian has gotten hit harder because she tweeted out she tweeted out some uh, crypto that she was investing in on what Snapchat or whatever the hell that they what, what is it I don't know one of those things there TikTok or whatever it may be she got what a two million dollar fine something like that these guys rip off they they come up with these billion dollar scams and nothing happens to them nothing. Yeah, yeah, you talk about the well, dollar's not back, but dollar is backed, okay, by the United States, okay? We, the United States has got stuff. Uh, United States also happens to be able to, uh, quite frankly, tax quite a bit there. Got some income-generating ability. Stocks, even when markets come down. If the if the company has a viable enterprise and can make money, it's real real estate loans backed by the value of a of a building of a home. Crypto has no backing. Zip zero zilch nada. When this thing was kicking about eight ten years ago, we were joking about it here on the program. I got to come up with a watchdog coin. Come on, people. I, I, you know, I, I've been yelling and screaming about this for a while. Hey, some people out, out there, you know, able to ride up something like this via momentum. But this is not an investment. It's not. It's pure, unadulterated speculation. That's it. Anyway, we're here to help as best we can. Um, but again, we're going to be very, very honest with you. Very honest with you, you've lost your money in these things, okay? Um, you might want, if you can get anything out, very hard to get out of some of these things at this point in time, do it now. Do it now, and guess what? Start building your portfolio the way that truly wealthy people build their portfolio. Not looking for quick fixes, not looking for a shortcut. Work, time, and effort. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Get there. Count repair kit. Personal CFO program. See how we do things via work, time, and effort. Right there. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Or give us a call. 800-471-5984. Cupid by the Valentine's.
You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Oh, and, and by the way, by the way, yeah, Gary Gensler from the SEC was interviewed this past week, and he said, guess what? We can't help you. We can't help you. You're on your own when it comes to crypto. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do, you do with these, these crooks? Huh? Well, what do you do with them? I, again, I, I deal, you know, on the, the the pain side when people lose a ton of money, and it's it's hard it's hard to watch. Hard to watch when, when you know people's hopes and dreams, you know, at least for the that at the present time are down the toilet. We can rebuild that, but <laughs> I was thinking of um, thinking of the, the movie Pulp Fiction. Remember uh, uh, Marcellus Wallace. Was uh, was played by Ving Rhames in the movie. Um, he offered his uh, suggestion and how you go about dealing with a sadistic rapist. He says uh, said to get medieval on him. And a while ago, I actually took a look at, at the way things were done back in the day. I thought we'd share that with you. Uh, how would the uh, the code of uh, Hammurabi, thirty seven hundred years ago? If people violated financial contracts, they'd be put to death as a thief. And we're talking about a period of time where Mesopotamia had a vibrant commodities market. Commodities futures were exchanged 3,700 years ago. And medieval Catalonia, a banker who went under, didn't get any money from the government, no TARP program or below market interest rates. No. The banker was humiliated by town criers who shouted the facts of the failure in public squares. The banker had to live on nothing but bread and water until he paid off his depositors in full. Do you think that this is going to happen as Sam Bankman-Fried, who now resides in the Bahamas? He just bought up $200 million worth of condominiums there. Now, and I, I can go on. Um, this is the problem, people. And this is, again, why you have to be very, very cautious. And you have to take a look at things. And they make promises to you about certain rates of return and pie-in-the-sky type stuff. And you have to have the ability to see, to see the BS, to see it for what it is, complete and utter BS. And do things the right way. Yeah, it's amazing as well. You talk about all, all these big funds out there that put money into this thing. Oh, yeah. Sequoia, BlackRock, the, uh, pension funds losing a fortune. Sequoia, Tiger Global, SoftBank, all of these wizards are smart out there. Crushing their clients. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Get there. Become a part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. Personal CFO program, account repair, you name it. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. 
bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. I think it was, uh, I'm trying to guess. Where is it? I don't know. Maybe um, about eight years ago, nine years ago, we are, um, put out our retirement crisis white paper. And again, basically, I'm you know, seeing the financial landscape, seeing ultra low interest rates, watching the price of everyday items, the bare necessities continued to go up. And, you know, we, we started telling people, say, you know, a lot of you people looking to retire, you might want to add an extra year or two to work. You might want to stay on for an extra year or two. And again, you can't do this. It's that's blasphemy. Blasphemy in my business. No, 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 no. Because in my business, the idea is to tell everybody, hey, yeah, you work with me. You're going to have a retirement and you're going to have a vineyard in Napa and you're going to be doing Viking cruises every other week and all this other BS. It doesn't work that way. For most, it does not work that way. And we're honest with people. We always like to talk about quality of life issues. You, you want, When you're retired, you're not working anymore. Do you really want to make tons of sacrifices in your life because of higher costs? And inflation has gotten progressively worse, and it has gone parabolic over the past couple of years. And I, I think I said it's going to abate to some degree, but you're seeing more and more here. The story, seniors feeling cheated as inflation dims their golden years. It was a story here. It was anecdotal. It's an 82-year-old retiree saying that, uh, gee whiz, things are getting a little bit tough right now. They have limited options. The stock market is down. He said he could deal with it better when he was employed. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. And again, when you're getting into your 80s, it's a little bit more difficult for many of them to go out there and get a side hustle. This is one of the reasons why we suggest doing it when you first retire from your first career. Work a few days a week. Add, add to the money that you're taking in. Things have changed, my friends. They have. And not to mention the fact that guess what? You're going to live a longer and healthier life. This year, this is according to the Center for Retirement Research at uh, Boston College. Americans lost uh, $1.4 trillion in their 401k accounts, an additional $2 trillion in their IRAs. This is just over the first half of this year. Now, again, you haven't lost, the, va- the current value might be down. You haven't lost anything until you sold. And this is why you got to understand what, what the stock market is and how it needs to be handled and how when you are retired and you need to live off of a portfolio, some of that money better be in cash and cash equivalents because bear markets happen, sell-offs happen, wars happen, inflation happens. You got to be able to expect that these things are, are going to happen. And guess what? You want to be able to deal with them. If you've got to go to your portfolio every single month looking to what, what to sell so you can pay the bills, you're doing it wrong. You are. You're doing it wrong. And, and you know, you're jumping the gun. 
You are. I, I, I see the ads now on TV with these vibrant, vibrant people. They want to call them seniors. They're not they even look like senior citizens. They look like they're in their you know, late 50s, maybe early 60s. We can make it work. Oh, I'm going to retire. We can make it with our friend. We can make it work. No. If you're that healthy, sure, you want. I, I get it. You want to not, not work as much as you had when you had kids and you're paying for college. I understand all that. But don't check out. Don't check out. Again, more and more people, more and more people are, are starting to listen. You know, I talk about that three-day work week when it comes to, to people being retired. I, it, I, people, it's, it stinks right now. I know. I see my, my grocery bill. I don't like paying it. The one good thing that we have right now going for us is the, the vibrant job market. You can go out and you can find a job. I was taking a look at some of the internals for small businesses out there where a lot of big companies are starting to lay off. And we, we mentioned some, and we'll talk about that further a little bit later on in the program. Small businesses are looking for workers still. They are. And they're willing to be flexible to find those workers. And now we're actually young Americans. Young Americans are starting to, you know, get side hustles to keep up with rising costs. Good. And guess what? You can find them. I mentioned this on the podcast this past week. Um, times I get people re request for me to advise, you know, young college grads about what to do in their careers, whatever it may be. And my, the young college grads that I, I talk to, and these are kids that are making that, Six figures out of college, which is to me is just amazing. Accounting, whatever it may be. I tell them, you know what? Still get a side hustle. Work, work on the weekends. Work. work. You're living in New York City. Work at a restaurant or a bar on the weekend. Put that extra money away. Plus, you're going to learn some things. You're going to meet people. You're not going to be out on the weekends blowing through the money that you made over the course of the week. And I, you know, advising people, had a conversation with a kid this past week. Wanted to get involved in sports and sports management. And you know, I said, listen, you're going to have to hustle. You know, you've got your job right now. You want to be in that field? Guess what? You know, get some, look into some of the new uh, sports leagues, whatever it may be. Look to get in at the bottom. Learn. Be a sponge. These are the things you need to do to be successful. And trust me, I, I know it stinks for a lot of retirees right now. You know, they're looking at the bills and they're none too happy. I get it. I get it. It's the terrain, people. It's a terrain. We all have to deal with it. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, take advantage of all the great stuff we have at our site. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. Well-known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? 
Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. So I, I got a I got a phone call uh, bright and early um, this past Wednesday. It's my mom, mom, Christopher, Christopher, you were right again. <laughs> no, mom. Um, and it's talking about the elections, another big, fat, huge. See, I told you so. Moment. Uh, no, we did not buy into any red wave. Um, we talked about the issues of the day and how they were being dealt with, which they weren't. Yeah, let's break this down, people. Um, Republicans are really, really good at pointing out problems. They're not very good at solving them. Oh, yeah, again, it. You take a look the, at the, the exit polls and what voters cared about. Yeah, inflation. Inflation was one of the big ones. Crime, another one. And we heard plenty of Republicans talking about we need to, we need to do better on crime. We need to do something about the border. We need to do something about inflation. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, master of the obvious. What are you planning on doing with this? They put together some, I forget what it was called. We made fun of it here on the program. It was kind of like a contract with America. It had zero specifics. Zero. The only person out there, the only member of Congress that, that I know of was Rick Scott, who was very, very boisterous when it, when it came to what needed to be done and cutting spending and all this stuff, and it was soundly rejected. Mitch McConnell wanted no part of it. None. Yet, you know, this should have been a landslide. You take a look at the, at the numbers, the approval numbers that Congress has, that the, the president has, how dissatisfied people are, younger people fearing for their future. And they couldn't get it done. The most, all of these things that we talk about here on the program, and they weren't addressed. They weren't addressed. And people, elections, elections have have consequences. I told a couple stories this past week on the podcast. Um, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, uh, one of my, fa- I loved to read. And one of the, these great books for kids, when, when, I don't know if they still have them anymore. They were called Choose Your Own Adventure. And you would read along in the book. It'd be some sort of, you know, sci-fi action book. And you're a character. And, and you'd get to the end of a character would do what your character would do. And you would go to this page if you choose this, go to that page if you choose that. And and sometimes, guess what? You'd go to a page and it wouldn't turn out so well for you. Your character would end up dying. But that's okay. That's okay because you could go back and you could do it all over again. There's no consequence. You just went back and, and read the book again. Change what you wanted to do. 
And there's like a myriad of different options. I, I love those books. Elections are a little bit different, people. Okay, we make decisions, we make choices, and, and the consequences, the consequences are there, and they can be around for a very long period of time, if not forever. Well, one of the things that we're really not very good at here, as far as our society is concerned, is doing away with mistakes. Bigger and bigger and bigger. Anyway. Um, another story. And I did, again, I know people listen to the podcast. I'm sharing this again. Um, my first, my first foray into politics. Well, when I first really learned about politics was when I was in sixth grade, sixth grade election. Uh, we have every quarter in my, my class, my uh, social studies class. Um, and I ran against a, uh, Ran against a, a a young girl in my class, and I, I just thought she was cute. And I lost. I lost. Um, I, I had a certain platform where I I wanted to have a like a a spring like outside barbecue for our class and do a softball tournament. That was basically my platform. That's what I was. Vote for me. This is what we're going to provide. This is what I'm going to put together. I, I lost to this young girl who was uh, promising. Promising that we were going to go to Disney World. Disney World for spring break. Wow. Oh, boy, everybody's minds. Wow, look at that. It's going to be fun. Oh, my gosh. I want to remind everybody. I I didn't grow up in Orlando, uh, Tampa, Daytona. I didn't grow up in Florida. I grew up in upstate New York, and I went to a public school. Farnsworth Middle School. Gilderland, New York. We weren't going. We weren't going to Disney World for spring break. But hey, hey, it was. I guess it's the thought. The thought that counted, right? I lost. I lost. Anyway, um, I, I have to talk about this as well. And again, I have on the podcast. And again, we're equal opportunity back. Um, Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump, I'm, I'm sorry to you super Trumpsters out there. He needs to go away. He is poisonous. Okay. And, and I'm sorry. You can, no, he's not, no. I mean, there's a lot of these super Trumpsters out there. You're, you're, you're as bad as the far left wingers. You can't, can't reason with you. Can't have a conversation with you. You're not able to see the facts as they are presented. You are what your record says you are. Trump-backed candidates. Trump-backed candidates outside of J.D. Vance, who used to be a never-Trumper, or, or people that happen to be in super red states, lost. Lost. They were terrible candidates and if you you actually again i, I don't pay attention to some of the things that happened in, in the, these states that where i don't reside i i don't, I don't pay attention to them but I, i'm now i'm going and looking at what some of these candidates had to say and i'm like really this is a viable candidate are, are you out of your mind the only reason why they're there is because hey they they back trump and Trump put some tweets out about him. 
Um, nobody, nobody gives a damn about your election stolen claims anymore, buddy. In fact, you know what was interesting, too, is <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. Um, Rush Limbaugh back Rush Limbaugh back in 2000, in the lead up to 2008, this is uh, Hillary Clinton versus Barack Obama, wanted to keep Hillary Clinton in the race and was suggesting that Republicans in states where they could go and vote for Hillary called it Operation Chaos. Keep her in the race as long as possible so they'd spend more money. And, oh, my God, terrible, look what he's doing. Obviously didn't work. But anyway, it worked for Democrats, though. Yeah, yeah, in states, Demo Democrats and, and, and left, left of center political groups funded Donald Trump candidates, gave them money in primaries, helping them to win, knowing that they would lose in the general. Do you understand how, how pathetic this thing is? I, you know, I mean, you're talking about some of the candidates that they put up there, and you thought it was going to be a red wave? No, no, it's only you super Trumpsters out there, okay? It, it, this was sabotaged. It was. And, and I'm going to be honest, people, long-time listeners to the program, when Donald Trump did things that I agreed with, that I, I told you, and I'm being fully honest, I, I voted for the guy twice. I voted for the guy twice. Was it my choice? Was it my first choice when he first ran? Nope. I wanted Rand Paul. I did, but I voted for him twice. And again, it goes to the old South Park episode, actually going back to 2008, where they uh, the whole premise of the episode was our choices are often between a poop sandwich and a giant douche. That's the South Park episode. And again, that, that oftentimes that's the case. You, you don't think, I mean, how can it not turn your stomach, a guy that, that, that acts like a, a child, Lion Ted, that, that went after, I mean, I, I, I don't like uh, what's her name from Morning Joe, but you're making fun of the, her face and the way she looked at when she was at you. I mean, what's wrong with you? Now, now you see he's throwing tantrums now. He's mad at his wife. He's mad at Sean Hannity and all these people. Uh, you know, the amazing thing is, and you see the, the last quote, the, 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 you know, the, the quote from him this past week is, if the candidate wins, it's all because of me. If they lose, it has nothing to do with me. Now, to all of you people out there, you Trump worshipers out there, is that really somebody you want? Someone that, that can't own it, that can't take responsibility. That's somebody you want in a position of power. Have you, you taken a look right now at his unfavorables? Over 50% strongly unfavorable. And then slightly, it even goes even higher. You think that that's someone that's, that's going to win the, the, the White House? No. I, again, conditions were perfect right now. Conditions were perfect for, again, a red wave that I knew wasn't going to happen because of this. 
And people, I, I know, I'm going to get the, the nasty emails and, you're a rhino. No, I'm not a rhino. I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'm a libertarian. I believe in the Constitution. Okay? And, and I also like to consider myself someone having, you know, being a bit of an adult, being able to conduct a debate, Socratic debate, where you can have a conversation with people that you disagree with, where you don't go to the lowest common denominator instantly. Again, as I learned that, 15 years ago plus on radio, never argue with idiots. They've got way too much experience being an idiot, and they just drag you down to their level. Oh, somebody disagrees with you. You've got to call them a name? You've got to act like a child? No, that, that's, that's not what this country needs right now. Anyway. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. All sorts of great stuff at our site. Take advantage. Personal CFO program. Account repair kits. You name it. Hey, hey, gridlock's good, people. Gridlock is good. They, they can do no harm, right? Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Taking Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome back, everybody. Um, ah, <laughs> oh, man, I, you know, I, I, I could have won a Nobel Prize. I was just forty-something years uh, too late. Um, been listening to the podcast. Been listening to this program. Um, we've been talking about inflation and how the Fed uh, is dealing with it right now. And we, we don't agree uh, with the, the, the path that they're taking. There's, we believe that there's another way. And we've talked a lot here on the program trying to explain the, um, that it, fiscal and monetary policy go hand in hand. And I find out this past week, <laughs> find out this past week we've been what we've been talking about here on the program um there's a name for it it's called uh the fiscal theory of the price level ftpl it argues that monetary and fiscal policy don't just interact they are inextricable if fiscal policy is irresponsible which it is even even the most responsible of central banks cannot control inflation. And I was like, Eureka, I've been talking about this on the program, trying to get this across to people out there. The, uh, again, conventional wisdom, inflation is just a central, it's a central bank can control it. Just a monetary phenomenon. And again, Milton Friedman said that, but Milton Friedman said that we were on a gold standard. It was a little bit different. Keynesian uh, economists, less significance to the money supply, but uh, they still believe, I can all be done, press a couple buttons, doing it with interest rates. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I found out, yes, 1981. 1981, Thomas Sargent, who's still a professor at NYU, uh, Neil Wallace, 
they they challenged this won a nobel prize <laughs> a government that runs unsustainable deficits will one day fail to sell enough bonds at which point the central bank will have to finance the shortfall by printing money sound familiar the central bank may initially try to control inflation by raising interest rates sharply but this will widen deficits further and ultimately make inflation even harder to control persistent high inflation is always and everywhere a fiscal phenomenon and they say exactly what i said the central bank is a monetary accomplice we call them enabler here yeah this is back in 1981 and they're right they're right uh, it, why will it make deficits even worse well how about this our uh, debt servicing costs Again, try to get try to get your arms around this number. I know everybody was going gonzo over Powerball, but think about this. One, try to you know, what was it one point nine two billion dollar Powerball? See how much more it takes to get to one point four trillion. That's what you and I are paying in interest on our national debt. One point four trillion dollars a year can, can you imagine can you imagine if that money was actually spent on on infrastructure and cures I, I mean, or j just returned to the you know the taxpayer 1.4 trillion dollars in interest payments you know how, how do we how do we fix how do we fix inflation how do we return to economic growth you got to cut taxes, people, and you have to cut spending. You have to cut spending. I, again, I'm, I'm going back, and I, I gave some credit to Donald Trump. I, I, went, I went off on him in the last segment. His, uh, his tax reform 2017 tax bill, I, I gave it a C plus to B minus. Many things I didn't like, and some of the things that I didn't like is there were, guess, no spending cuts. Donald Trump was a big spender. You do understand that he was a Democrat most of his life. Big spender. Big spender. Yes, did cutting taxes, did it help grow the amount of taxes that were actually sent due to economic growth? Absolutely. In this year, we talked about it. Got record tax revenue going to the Treasury. So you're going to cut taxes, you also have to cut spending. There's so much damn waste out there, people. It's, it's not like this can't be handled. Of course it can. And, and you get some sort of sane fiscal policy where money is not just being spent haphazardly. It will deal with inflation. Not to mention, you know, you talk about cutting spending, cutting regulations. Cutting regulations. Listen, you, I, 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 let me put it to you. You want EVs? Want everybody to have an EV? Well, you know what? You better make it easier to put up nuclear power plants because you're going to need the electricity. There's just a myriad of things that we could do to get this out under control. We don't need. We, ha we do have no need to blow up the economy, okay, to bring inflation down.
Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. This is The Watchdog on Wall Street. We, we talked about this as well, the, you know, the, the, the Federal Reserve being in a bit of a box and they, they've raised rates through the roof and how this is going to obviously increase our debt servicing costs. But there's going to come a point in time where they, they can't go any higher. They can't it bankrupt the country. But anyway, anyway, I, I get into some of the other economic uh, stories, nuances, things that are happening out there. Um, consumer confidence is near its lowest level in 10 years this number came out prior to the election prior to the election and and most of the uh, the articles are out there ah this is going to be terrible for biden and the democrats consumer confidence is near its lowest level in a decade yeah it, it would be if you actually had the republican party offer up an alternative how, how can we get the economy moving and grooving again you could just talk, if they just talked about the things that we discuss here on the program getting the government out of the way reducing regulations again i'll give him credit to trump on that too he tried his darndest to reel back the executive branch of government and a lot of the crazy regulations that are out there biden has thrown that reverse and trump was right on that Consumer confidence is lowest level in 10 years. Not good. Auto loan delinquencies are starting to come up. Used car prices are starting to collapse. And this fed in to the CPI number, which we discussed in the first hour of the program. Uh, and again, this is coupled with the fact that the, uh, the rates, new car loan rates, are uh, at a 14-year high. Autos still have a long way to go down. They, they really do. Hey, you're, you're taking a look at the prices, and I, I think I, I talked about this on the podcast. I, I have a lease that's coming up. I have a lease that's coming up, and I, I happen to like the car. I happen to like the car a lot. And, and the new version, the new version, the 2023 model over the 2020 model Basically, the same car looks pretty much the same. Yeah, maybe got a you know a couple bells and whistles. Really, it's it's a car get you from point A to point B. If I wanted to lease that the same, it is it's the same car. Three years later, double, double. I was like, uh, nah, I'll just buy it out of the lease. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Has to come down. Um, we are starting to see real estate come down. Rents uh, just tumbled the most on record and that really hasn't even filtered into the cpi uh as of yet see mortgage rates well above seven percent at this point in time that is starting to work its way through again home prices are going to have to come down we have discussed this talked about this here on the program uh you know people can i'm concerned my value of my home has come down why are you concerned are you moving anytime soon? I, I get it if you if you want to move. 
I get it if you want to move, but again, you're gonna, you're gonna you might sell it for less, but you're gonna also buy for less, depending obviously what market you're in. Again, that's the thing about real estate. You know, they talk about the real estate market here in the United States, a big country. It's a big country. There's most certainly a, a, a different, uh, you know, a different value on square footage in Sarasota, Florida, compared to Albany, New York. Let's just leave it at that. Big difference there. But anyway, um, oh, economic news, slowing economy, FedEx parking planes. Yeah, FedEx parking planes, their CFO said uh, reducing flights for parking planes, soft demand package delivery. Marisk, the shipping company, basically saying, yeah, shipping is, is going down. Taking a look right now. Major companies out there laying people off. Mark Zuckerberg, 11,000 people. But we can go right on down the list here. Twitter cutting 50%. Robinhood, 23%. Intel, 20%. Snapchat, 20%. Coinbase, 18%. Open Door, 18%. Lyft, 13%. Shopify, 10%. Apple, they're on a hiring freeze. Amazon, a hiring freeze. The economy, without a doubt, is weakening. It's weakening. And again, we talked about this first hour of the program. Are we going to be in a recession? Is it going to be a hard landing or a soft landing? All you need to concern yourself with during uncertain times like this is how you go about navigating uncertain times is owning quality. Making sure the companies that you, you own are dealing with what is taking place, dealing with the storm. How to navigate these financial storms. you got companies that can navigate them. They're going to come out stronger on the other side. Anyway, got to take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, our personal CFO program. All sorts of great stuff. Take out our Alpha Lock portfolios, count repair kits, you name it. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Hey, cool in the gang. Wow. Welcome back, everybody. It is The uh, Watchdog on Wall Street Show. Yeah, I'm dating myself. Um, yeah, I was in high school. I took, a, I took a girl on a date to go see Cool in the Gang at the Colony Coliseum way, way back in the day. But anyway, anyway. Uh, let's talk, talk a little bit about good firing versus bad firing. Uh, and I, it's talked about layoffs at companies. These are layoffs that needed to happen. Um, they needed to happen. Oh, that's mean. That's terrible. People are losing their jobs. Oh, they're not. Trust me. They're not going to lose their job if they're doing a really good job and they're bringing in money. If they are justifying their existence at work by bringing in more money and being productive, they're not going to lose their jobs. How often we heard about that? This the latest phrase there, quiet quitting. It's a new phenomenon, quiet quitting, just doing enough to get by. In my day, we called it being a slacker. Well, guess what? The quiet quitters, you're gone. 
you're gone. And, and I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be harsh, but I, yeah, I, I, I picture in the, uh, yeah, Ari Gold in the television show Entourage where he goes into the office with the paintball gun when he takes over the, uh, the other, uh, the other agency and he's he firing people by shooting him with a paintball gun, taking out his revenge on people that dissed him in the past. Um, could you see Elon Musk going through Twitter with a paintball gun? shooting people yeah i could i could he didn't do it but uh, i i could what's the difference between good firing and bad firing well again right now right now you, you lost your job at one of these tech companies you obviously you know they, they needed to get rid of you whatever you were doing wasn't you know wasn't worth it to the company that's that people that's the society we live in Okay, you like your stuff. Oh, it's a cold, cruel world. It's terrible. It's what capitalism does. You like your iPhone. You like your car. You like your streaming service. You like you like the ability of a couple of clips to have your groceries delivered to your door. You like all that stuff. All of that stuff comes from capitalism. And the reality is, guess what? Sometimes, guess what? Companies are going to have to cut back. They went nuts, okay? We talked about this on program, how crazy these Silicon Valley companies went with their hiring. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Hiring and hiring. and I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. And again, they're doing it now. They went nuts with buying up too much office space that they now got to get rid of. Amazon having to get rid of warehouse space that they don't need. So when you see these companies, high quality companies, laying people off, that's they're becoming more efficient. They're going to hire again. They're going to hire again. That's good firing. Bad firing. Bad firing happens is when your your company's not growing and you have no choice. You have no choice but to lay people. When you have to start laying off productive people just in order to survive, you're in a death spiral when you're in that situation, and it's very, very difficult, very, very difficult to get out of that death spiral. So that's the difference, good firing versus bad firing. There's actually a story as well talking about um, the workforce right now and disability and COVID is still being a drag on the workforce. The amount of people out there that are still still out of work due to COVID and signed up for disability and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm like, you can't find anything to do from home? Really? Oh, brain fog. Brain fog's a disability. You're out of it, huh? I don't know. Try Red Bull. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We get back. We got to get into some energy green stuff here on the program. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. Chris Markowski is the Watchdog on Wall Street. You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. So did you get invited to COP27 at Sharam al in Egypt? Did you get invited? No, me neither. 
I didn't get invited. Yeah, big uh, global warming slash climate. It's not global warming. It's climate change confab in Egypt. In Egypt, where they get together to declare and decree and make promises that they're not going to keep. But again, if you're invited to these things, if you are part of the elites, I'm sure you're staying at a, oh, again, it's on the, on the Mediterranean. I mean, you got a nice hotel. You're going to have nice parties. You probably went there on a private jet. All sorts of good stuff where you guys can sit around, talk, and do nothing. <laughs> but the overall arching thing with this COP27 is the industrialized countries of the world need to do more. Need to cut checks to developing nations. So what? They're going to put up solar panels and build windmills? Um, no. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. It, it, again, you start handing money out to these countries. I mean, the UK was all patting itself on the back. We're giving $20 million for that and $50 million for this. You know where most of that money is going to end up, right? It's going to end up in a Swiss bank account. That's all. Again, you got to hand it to the Swiss. Yeah, honestly, you do. They just sit and they watch, and we they, we got our they got their banks, and they make their you know fine items and goods and watches and all that stuff. And uh, you know, you, you end up being the banker for uh, the world's elites. It's a nice business to be in, don't you think? That's where money's going to end up. Most of it's going to end up there. You know it, and I know it. I always got a kick out of the fact that uh, Arafat, Yasser Arafat, had over a billion dollars. And when did he die, by the way? Early 2000, I'm saying. He had over a billion dollars in Swiss bank accounts. I'm like, wow. I didn't know. Did, did Yasser Arafat own like a chain of, uh, I don't know, uh, falafel food trucks where he was able to make that amount of money in the West Bank? <laughs> Such a joke. It really is. Anyway, um, Joe Manchin. Oh, poor Joe. I mentioned this. We talked about this uh, a while ago. Yeah, remember the television show with Ashton Kutchner? Punked? You got punked. Well, uh, Joe, Joe Manchin got punked. He um, was very upset. Very upset uh, You know, because Joe Biden said that... Uh, Coal plants all across America will be shut down. So you're basically going to shut down West Virginia. So Manchin, Manchin's demanding an apology for Biden. How could he say such a thing? And I'll be honest with Senator Joe Manchin. Biden doesn't owe you an apology. He doesn't owe you an apology. The one who owes an apology, my friend, is you. You're the one that signed off on all of his BS Inflation Reduction Act and all this crap. You signed off on all of this. You should apologize to your constituents, Joe Manchin. Joe Biden Democrats have been perfectly clear that they want to shut down fossil fuels in this country they've been very very clear on that point going all the way back to obama 
I ever cried out loud, Biden, this past week, he was doing some, uh, I don't know, he was stumbling all over his words like he does. He was at some the super liberal school there in Yonkers. Uh, Sarah Lawrence. Sarah Lawrence. And, you know, he had some um, somebody in the audience there at Sarah Lawrence, uh, you know, probably, you know, wearing a tie-dye, not shaving your legs, patchouli oil-wearing person, all upset at Joe Biden because of oil and Biden says, I'm not going to allow for any drilling here. No more oil drilling in the United States. That was Biden's response. (laughs) This is what they told you they were going to do. And again, we talk about the election here. This is the difference. This is a big difference. Okay. I've mentioned this before. Democrats, they they win the White House, and then in case that they also happen to get power, they have the uh, Congress, like Joe Biden did and Barack Obama did when he first came in. They get stuff done. I don't agree with the stuff that they're doing, but they get stuff done. And I say, you know what? We have got to, we have got to knock it out of the park in our first two years. Ah, guess what? We'll lose in the, in the midterms and then we'll coast the rest of the way. Can you name for me anything that Barack Obama did after his first two years in his eight year term? First two years? Phew! Took over student loans, Obamacare, making homes affordable, bailed out the automakers, additional regulation. I mean, all sorts of stuff. American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. It was all in his first two years. After that, nothing. Nothing. What were the Republicans, what did they pull together in Trump's first two years? Remember John McCain, thumbs down, repeal and replace Obamacare? <laughs> Come on, people. Uh, again, I, I don't agree with what they do, but they're, they're much better at the game of politics than Republicans are. That's for darn sure. Anyway, this is, um, again, this is, we could, be, we could benefit from this, and we are right now. It, 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 we have high energy costs here in the United States, but they're nothing like Europe. So I, I just saw before the program today, their energy costs are up 90% year over year. 90%. How do you handle that? You know, you talk about black swan stuff. If you are a, a chemical plant, if you're an auto plant, if you're, I don't know, if you're a textile mill, all of a sudden, one of your biggest costs is 90% higher. Well, guess what? Europe is going to be facing forced deindustrialization could benefit from that with the factories here. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. Investment banker, who 
consumer advocate, analyst, trainer. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Was out last uh, last week with uh, some friends and uh, looking at the menu, a little place in our our town. And <laughs> again, this is worthy of uh, Dom Draper and Mad Men. How many people have noticed out there that all you need to do—it's it's a great marketing ploy. You know, it, new and improved used to be the old one. You know what it is now? Uh, when it comes to food. It's um, artisanal. They, I, I had an artisanal burger. I, I guess when you put the word artisanal in front of the word burger, you, I guess you're going to add $5 to the cost of the burger. And maybe it's making people have no choice but to raise the prices. It might make them feel better. But some of those other phrases as well, farm to table, sustainable they, they love using these words they put them on the menus now and describing the dishes and then they just charge you more for it it's a burger man it's a burger come on anyway anyway i gotta get to some uh business stories today i got a kick out of this um elon musk has canceled days of rest for twitter <laughs> Days of rest. I thought that was it's cold weekend, isn't it? Weekend days of rest. He has eliminated future days of rest from Twitter's calendar. I, again, I, I don't know even know what that is. It was some you know woke crap that they had going on there. He also, by the way, is telling workers you got to come back to work, man. You, you have got at some point in time you got to get back to the office. Anyway, um, and I saw this story as well, is the uh, U.S. is looking into, the United States is exploring whether it has the authority to review the Twitter deal. Well, I look into that, you know, some of the money that he got, he got from the Saudis. Um, the Saudis don't have any say. The, the company went private. They're the ones that financed the deal. Anyway, neither here nor there. You know what this is, right? This is basically the United States saying, hey, you better behave yourself. You better behave yourself. You better check yourself. We're the federal government. We are part of the watchdog on Wall Street axis of evil. That we are. Big business, Washington, politicians, and the media. You don't challenge us. That's what the United States is saying. I, I mentioned this on the podcast this past week. Do you, you remember when um, Donald Trump uh, Donald Trump was going after, I don't know, for whatever reason, FBI, CIA, whatever it may be, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. I, I, I do believe that both of those agencies need to be shut down and reformulate, need to start over, need to reboot is what we need completely. 
But anyway, um, Chuck Schumer is being interviewed on Rachel Maddow's program. And he, he puts out this slippy, sir. Trump better be careful. Those agencies have six ways past this to get back at you. And I'm saying to myself, what is this, East Germany? Is this the, 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 the Stasi, for crying out loud? Yeah, be careful. Be careful. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, people. I, we, we pull no punches here on the program. And when I go after the Securities and Exchange Commission here on the program, they're my regulator. After the show, sometimes, I, I got to admit, I, I get a little... You know, pit in my stomach saying, uh oh, uh oh, am I gonna, are you gonna have an army of auditors at my office the next day because I dare criticize them? Anyway, um, I like this. This is a, this is a great idea. Um, it's, it's what we call, in essence, a lost leader. Lost leader. I learned about this back when I, um, used to work in restaurants. And went way back in the day and, uh, you know, asking questions, people running it, Jeff and I, because I'd take a look at the food costs and I'd see what we were charging for an Osambuco. And I'm like, geez, that's, that's really reasonable based upon what the food costs are. And, you know, I got to make money on the Osambuco. We're going to make money on selling the wine that goes with the Osambuco. And that's what a lost leader is. And Walmart and Aldi are basically rolling back prices on Thanksgiving items. Yeah. They announced that Walmart announced it's going to roll back prices on Thanksgiving food to 2021 levels. It was high last year. It was high last year. Aldi is going to discount Thanksgiving season grocery items up to 30% to match pre-inflation price points back to 2019 levels. Great idea. Both companies getting people in the door. Um, Got to talk about Disney. A lot of questions. What's next for Disney? Um, yeah, Disney's a bit of a victim of the uh, go uh, woke, go broke things. Uh, stay woke, go broke. How, how does that go? Anyway, um, you take a look at their earnings. Their streaming service, uh, even though it's adding subscribers, yeah, they're realizing that, gee, we, we, we gotta, we gotta pump out new content all the time and it costs money to do so. You don't say. You don't say. Again, this, uh, this great South Park uh, movie from this past year, the streaming wars. Um, how is this gonna all end up? They haven't figured it out yet. They haven't figured it out. You're gonna continue to see more consolidation here and there. When it comes to streaming, they haven't figured out how to do it and they're getting whacked. And again, you got a, you got a major bundle there at Disney. Full disclosure. I, um, I, I don't have cable. I use Hulu as my cable provider. That's Disney. They own it. And I get Disney bundled with that. And I get what ESPN with that, all of their properties. But again, they're, they're losing money they're gonna have to find a way to, to bring in uh you know quite frankly more uh, more programming I, I, the, the fortune that they spend on live sports again football is king some of these other sports are not pulling in the, the type of uh uh you know numbers that they were before it, it's an issue 
It's an issue. And again, Disney is going to be hurting with this for a period of time. Take a look at some of the other things. Their theme parks doing very, very well. It's the streaming wars that are getting them. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the IRS and taxes. I-, I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, we-, we make fun of the IRS all the time. Uh, not answering phone calls. I think there were 12%. 12% people calling up, having questions. About 12% of the phone calls get answered. We talked about all of the tax returns that were just shredded by the IRS just because they couldn't get to them. Just couldn't get to them. Ah, throw them in the shredder. But uh, in the lead up to this past week's election, this is hilarious. This is hilarious. The IRS was reaching out, reaching out to people, telling them that they need to make sure that they file their 2021 tax return if they haven't done so yet, because they can get free money. That's right. That's right. Reaching out to people that can get free money. Key tax benefits, they called them. The uh, child tax credit, the recovery rebate credit, the earned income tax credit. Yeah, again, we call this walking around money. It's been around for a long period of time. Yeah, make sure you file. We're going to give you money. Anyway, there was a uh, list put out, and this really shouldn't surprise anybody for states and the winners and losers when it comes to taxes um the worst on the list it's it's gonna be jersey or new york it's jersey new jersey new jersey ranked 50th new york 49th california 48th connecticut 47 New Jersey, uh, 11.5 top rate on corporations, the highest in the nation. Uh, California, it's 8.84. Uh, but, but California, you've got 13.3% top rate on income. Um, actually, I don't know if you saw this as well. It, Massachusetts, actually, they just, uh, they, the voters, they voted in a new tax. It was like a surcharge. I think it's an additional 4%, if I'm not mistaken, if you make over a million dollars a year. Massachusetts, I think, has a 5% flat tax on everybody, but now if you make over a million, you're nine. You're nine. And again, they, they pitch it. It's going to be for schools and infrastructure and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, I, yeah, people complaining about it. Yeah, move. You know, I, I don't like the taxes that I pay here in New York, and I, I got my countdown clock going. When my son graduates from high school, I'm out of here too. It's a reality. Anyway, um, best for tax states, uh, Wyoming, South Dakota, Alaska, Florida. Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> even yeah, – Texas is the 13th. It's got room for improvement, and they probably will. But even you're seeing the migration. You're seeing the businesses that are just saying enough is enough. And, you know, sometimes sometimes you pay a premium. You know, people, you know, want to live in New York City because New York City, not only do you have to pay the state tax, federal tax, but you also have a city tax as well. And for a period of time, period of time I, you know when giuliani was there and bloomberg was there and it was just you know it was basically zurich 
turned into this amazing place. People loved it to such a degree that they can justify it. But when you're paying these types of taxes and you have the type of crime that's taking place and you're not getting what you pay for, that's what always gets me. That's what it gets me. You don't mind paying for something, but you, you want to, you know, get what you pay for. And many of these, many of these businesses up and leaving, it's just not worth it anymore. Anyway, take a quick break uh, right here. Got a lot we got to go over on the program. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our site. Take advantage of all the great things we have. Personal CFO program, account repair kits. Sign up for our podcast. Watchdog on WallStreet.com or give us a call. 800-471-5984. I used to be a rolling stone. Bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Welcome back. I, I got to address. Uh, I, get, again, I get emails from all over the country and people asking questions and, and whatnot. But some of the comments and things that we talk about here on the program. I, I do. I, I get emails from people. Chris, why are you so hard on EVs? Why are you always coming down on EVs? Isn't it good that we're going to clean the environment? Maybe, you know, make the environment a better place. And I, it's, I, I, I don't have time to answer all of these emails. I really don't. Uh, again, when I get a bunch of my, I address it here on the program. It just makes my life a little bit easier. Um, first and foremost, I have no problem with electric vehicles. I don't. In fact, you know, the, the numbers work out someday. I'll probably buy one. But I've gone over here on the programs. It's not exactly a good family truckster. Like Clark Griswold got there back in the first vacation. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I got to drive 200 miles to go get my son, pick my son up from college, and I'm going to be worried about trying to find a charging station on the way back. I don't want to deal with that nonsense, that stress. When I'm not doing that, and it's just short trips here and there, okay, I'll consider it. And, and the idea, people, that, that the conservatives, we, I want the cleanest possible environment out there. And I, I understand the potential for electric vehicles, but the first thing we needed to do, or something that we needed to do alongside electric vehicles, is building out our grid. We, we have this, these modular nuclear reactors now that are available. We need to head full speed in that direction and start doing more of that. John Stossel had a a piece this past week talking about electric vehicles and how they don't really do much of anything for the environment. Uh, talks about how electric car sales are up 66%. And, you know, we got executive orders from Gavin Newsom, all the cars in California, 2035, they got to be EV. You got 30 countries out there declaring and decreeing that they're going to phase out gas-powered cars. First and foremost, it's not going to happen. You can declare and decree all you want, okay? 
It's not going to happen. Again, you take a look at the technology. I have no problem with it. The Tesla's a pretty amazing car. Tesla Model S, you know, fast that thing. It's like a supercar for crying out loud. Selling more electric cars. Here's here's the, the numbers. It's not going to reduce oil much. We have about uh, anywhere between 15 to 18 million electric vehicles now. If imagine, you think about this: to get from 15 to 18 million electric vehicles, imagine trying to get to 500 million. You get to 500 million electric cars globally, it will cut world oil consumption by 10 percent. That's it. That's it. Guess what? What about electricity? I talked about this. Okay. Oh, yes. My electric car doesn't pollute. But where are you getting your electricity from? Most people don't even think about it. They don't. Most, most of America's electricity is produced by burning natural gas and coal. 12% comes from wind or solar power. Do you think that wind and solar power are going to be the answer? Do you see what's going on in Europe right now? I mentioned their energy costs are up 90% year over year. That's the direction they headed. That, that is, that's suicide for this country. We are the world's growth engine. We will take down a global economy if you push this ridiculous agenda. Why can't you go the nuclear route? Why can't you? Uh, you do it alongside of this. So then you know you have enough electricity. Then you people, no carbon emitted there. Anyway, um, actually, you talk about carbon and the amount of carbon that's actually it takes to actually build an electric car. Volkswagen, Volkswagen put out a study that points out that the first 60,000 miles that you're driving an electric car, that electric vehicle will have emitted more carbon dioxide than you drove a conventional vehicle. And this is based upon production costs and finding the stuff that goes into that electric car. You would have to drive your electric car 100,000 miles to reduce emissions by just 20 or 30%. That's it. That's it. 20, 30, you got to go 100,000 miles. Anybody out there know of anyone that has an electric car that has made it 100,000 miles without having to put in a new battery? I'm just curious. I, I, again, I, I've asked this before here in the question. No one's ever responded. I don't know of it. I don't. So, again, you people, I, I get it, okay? You, you want to head in this direction, and this is where compromise could be had, but, but it's not. You're not solving the problem. You're just, you know, you're playing whack-a-mole. You're causing another one. Another one problem pops up somewhere. It has to be comprehensive. And there's going to be there's gonna, the need to sacrifice. Okay, this is what you want. Let's be honest about the time that it's going to take to get from point A to point B to point C. And one of the things where you pull in government mandates when it comes to this stuff, you drive away investment for alternative ideas that might be better. Creative destruction. Joseph Schumpeter. 
Who's at solar wind, windmills? Maybe there's something better coming on down the line that we could do. Maybe that might need investment. It's not going to get the investment. Dollars are not going to flow in that direction if the government has chosen its winners and losers. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, take advantage of all the great stuff we have right there at our website. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Or give us a call. 800-471-5984. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. Oh, what a great bloody song. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Watchdog on Wall Street show in Lennox and the Arrhythmics back in the day. All right. Um, Ken, I'm going to, to the amount of emails that I've gotten. And I, I've talked about this on the podcast, and I alluded to it here, I think, a little bit on. Uh, the radio show, and it has to do with government handouts and giveaways. Um, I, I'm i a big believer. Like I said, I, I love the founding documents, read the Federalist Papers, Constitution, even the Declaration of Independence, and, and the idea that you know all men are created equal. And, and many people, they, they get that wrong. They get it wrong. We're, we're not equal. We're not, we're not all the same. We're not. But we're all, we, we, we all need to be equal under the law. And, and the law should be applied to everyone equally. And we all know it's not. You know, I, 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 I tell my kids, I'm honest with them. We have all of these, uh, you know, in front of a, a courthouse or justice department. You've got, uh, you know, blindfolded ho- justice holding a scale. BS. You know it. And I know it. And that's just the reality. It's a reality, but it's it's something we should work towards. It really is. And um, I I talked about okay, people talking about this Chips Act that Joe Biden passed. This Chips Act, and this is great. We need to have more semiconductors made here in the United States. Oh, that's all well and good. It's all well and good, but I'm not a believer that we should be handing out corporate welfare and that's what this chips act is and there's a lot of touting a lot of oh look at this this is wonderful and and for the people in upstate new york people in upstate new york that got the the micron plant that's going in there multi-billion dollar i forget how much you know this being spent on this plant um i'm being honest with everybody Uh, there's no way there's no way that that micron plant would be being built in Syracuse, New York, upstate New York, if it wasn't for the fact that they got government money. You've got a certain political party in power. They were influential in pushing this through. Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority Leader. You, you don't think that, you know, before they, they cut the check to Micron, 
putting this deal together. You don't think Chuck says, we give you this money. I I want it in my state. It makes no economic sense outside of handouts and subsidies to put a plant in upstate New York. Just doesn't. Just tax-wise, it makes no sense. There are places where you can put up a factory at a hell of a lot better price. Let's go back. You remember when uh, Boeing decided that they were going they were going to start uh, manufacturing an airplane not in Seattle, it was in South Carolina? Yeah, this is during Obama. And Obama tried to, he, oh, this, you can't do that. He tried to get involved and force the hand of Boeing to move that uh, the, the the I forget which which airplane it was wanted to move it back to Seattle because it wanted to be you know, a handout for the unions. Didn't like the fact that you know the, the the labor costs were lower in South Carolina for a myriad of reasons. Didn't like it, and I'm and I remember at the time I'm like what type of despot and dictator are you? You're president of the United States. You're not king. You have no business telling a company in the United States where they should set up shop. Again, have you seen have you seen anybody put a microphone in front of uh, the people over uh, at Micron and say, come on, come on, tell, tell me, tell me, Chuck Schumer, tell me, Chuck Schumer didn't make you an offer you couldn't refuse. It's true. And again, to all of the, the, the tax abatements that Micron's going to, they don't have to pay property taxes up there. How is that right? How is it fair? How is it fair to the small business owner? I, and I, I've got a lot of clients up there, Syracuse area. I, how is it fair to those, those business owners up there that have been paying their property taxes, that have to continue to pay their property taxes? And again, I obviously got a new player in town. They don't have to pay. Well, but it's bringing jobs to the air. I, I, I get that. Okay. But you could bring, and this is the other side of the argument. You could bring jobs to the area. You could bring jobs to upstate New York if, if you create the environment the proper environment for businesses to move there, lowering taxes. Take a look at, you know, New York, 49th, 49 out of 50 states. What CEO of a company is going to set up shop Uh, unless, guess what? Those taxes, those regulations, they don't apply to you. Does that sound like we're equal under the law? Anyway, I take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, become part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. All sorts of great stuff there at the site. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Personal CFO program. Podcast. All sorts of great stuff. We'll be back. The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Welcome back, everybody. It is The Watchdog on Wall Street show. Um, Bill Barr had a uh, piece talking about crime in this uh, country. 
Um, and Bill Barr, he was the Attorney General, uh, 1991 to 93, and uh, 2019 to 2020. And he writes, the, the violent crime surge was preventable. It was caused by progressive politicians reverting to the same reckless revolving door policies that during the 1960s and 1970s produced the greatest tsunami of violent crime in American history. We reversed that earlier crime wave with the tough anti-crime measures adopted during the Reagan-Bush era. We can stop this one as well. Studies have repeatedly shown that most predatory crime is committed by a small, hardcore group of habitual offenders. They are a tiny fraction of the population. I estimate roughly 1%, but are responsible for between half and two-thirds of predatory violent crime and he goes on hey think about that he says he estimates it at one percent that's a pretty big number that's a that's a pretty big number is it not wow hey what was that close to 10 million people in this country I, I, people i i i don't know about you but um there's there's mornings i wake up mornings i wake up and i, I start doing my homework start doing prep for the podcast figuring out what's going on and just you know the amount of of information that i consume in the early morning hours because i'm an early guy four o'clock in the morning i um i'm always confronted by these these horrific stories a a, a shooting um what is rape of a jogger in, in greenwich village and I, just day after day after day this this unspeakable violence that's around us all the time and I, there, there's yeah, times i just i, I got any break i need to get out of i gotta go for a walk i have to get away from it all um but what have we done to ourselves people I mean, seriously I, I, again how is it that we we were unable to get anything done how come there's no policy being put forward I, I'm talking comprehensive policy. I, I, I'm also talking about dealing with people that have mental health issues. Dealing with all of the homelessness that's out there, people on the streets that have all sorts of mental problems. This has to be dealt with. There are areas you can't walk around and feel comfortable anymore in a city that I used to live in. And it's, it's inexplicable to me. Not, not to mention it, it's, it's stressful. It is. I've said this for years here on the program. I want my kids to grow up in a world that's better than the one that I grew up in. And you look at the, again, look at the exit polls. Young people don't feel that way. They don't. And I'm here to tell you, and I tell my kids, my kids, it's not better today than when I was younger. It's not even close. I mean, you had Phil Knight from Nike, longtime Democrat, trying to unseat and get out the progressives in Oregon, talking about how he was younger. We didn't even lock our doors. That's the way it's supposed to be, people, and we have to work to get back to that. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street.
You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Uh, how many of you uh, older people like myself? Remember the video for this song from the 1980s? Pretty creepy. Anyway, welcome back. It is The Watchdog on Wall Street Show. I, t- I talk about crime. Now, let, me, let me tell you how they're dealing with it in New York right now. Again, it's, it's just sad. They're, they're passing out pamphlets. I, I'm not passing out baseball bats or clubs or something like that. I, I, I don't know. Pamphlets there to try to you know explain to people how to be safe, how to survive on New York subways. Yes, purse wallet safety, walking be street smart. This is your way of handling it, handing out pamphlets. Anyway, I, I got a kick out of this. You got you got you got you gotta love those people over at MSNBC. Joy Reid, Joy Reid, who is, uh, again, I, I don't know, again, it could be either she's, she's playing a part and she lies or she's just really dumb as a box of rocks. It's one or the other. She said that uh, voters did not know about inflation. They had no idea what inflation was until Republican politicians taught them the word. What is What do you mean? People, tell me that. The electorate is just really, really stupid, and they don't understand what inflation is. And those those terrible Republicans are actually giving people the truth, and they shouldn't have the truth. I, what, what are you What are you trying to get at here, Joy? I, I don't get it. People aren't familiar with inflation. Yeah, um, MSNBC is also they cut ties with um, Tiffany Cross. She got the weekend show, the the cross connection. It's just a it's a bomb throwing show. It's a bomb throwing show. She she actually just did an interview, and I'm not making this up. She called the state of Florida the um, well the male genitalia. She uses a different word, the male genitalia of the country. That's what she called it. Quality individual, right there. All right, again. I, I, this is a response to all the emails. Chris, why aren't you talking about this more in your podcast? Something's not right there. Listen, I don't speculate. I have get, grab as much information as I possibly can. In my mind, can I get an idea? Can I make inferences when it comes to certain stories? Yes. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start conspiracies when I don't have all of the information. And I'm talking about what took place at Nancy Pelosi's house and that attack. To me, uh, it all comes down to this. I don't know. We got all these people throwing things out there and they don't know. So don't do that. My question is this. How in the world, how in the world is it that easy? This is the only question I have. How in the world is it that easy for someone to break into? Break into the Speaker of the House's home. This is the person that is third in line to the presidency. 
You mean to tell me security is that lax? Not to mention you get all of these people yelling and screaming about January 6th and what happened then. You would think that they would be even more cautious. How come an alarm didn't go? I'm a myriad of things. That's my question. That's it. And I'm not running with it. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to speculate on anything else. Make your, you know, think whatever you want in regards to it, but, but something is not right here. And these questions are not being answered. Not to mention the fact that, uh, for some reason, the police department's not releasing any of the footage or any of the things that have taken place. Anyway. Um, Elon Musk, uh, Elon Musk going at it with, uh, AOC. And AOC, uh, was upset, upset that the, you know, Elon's going to charge $8 for a blue check, whatever that means. And, um, you know, she said that, you know, she, uh, you know, well, Musk came back at her and said, well, wait a second. Wait a second. You're, you're, you're charging for AOC sweatshirts on your site that cost $60. And she came back. Oh, no, I got paying my workers health care and they get a living wage and the money's going to a charity. And, and it, it didn't take much just to check. You can take a look at the finances of this thing. They have to disclose it. No, the money's not going to charity. It's going to her campaign. It's going to her. Did it matter? No, it didn't matter. She, I, I think she got 65, 70% of the vote in her district. I, again, I, I don't, Live there. I know. Where I live, Long Island's all red, by the way. It's just all red. Anyway, um, th this, again, this is money being spent. This is your tax dollars at work. Um, the question here, how do drag shows advance U.S. national security? The exportation of American culture has long been one of our nation's greatest soft power assets. But instead of using it to affirm Western values and U.S. interests, the Biden administration is proselytizing for woke ideology. Yeah. In an effort to promote diversity and inclusion. The State Department is fund. State Department. We're a nation worth, again, we're $31 trillion in debt. We're spending $1.4 trillion on interest payments. But we're funding drag theater performances in Ecuador through cultural grants. What the hell is a culture in today's day? And age? Are you out of your mind? Do you understand how you actually went through how much money we could cut from the budget, return it to the taxpayers, pay down the debt? Now, now, that would put uh, people in Washington out of work, and we can't have that, can we? Anyway, God bless everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, our site, take advantage. Sign up for our podcast, personal CFO program, all sorts of great stuff. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll see you. Chris Markowski is the Watchdog on Wall Street.